Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Be a part of the show. Text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-9680. V Show here on ESPN 680-1057, the ESPN Louisville app. Um, Nick Valvano had to go pee. Um, so that's what happened right there. So Tanner and I right here. I'm Phil Baker. Listen to me on Sundays from 10 to noon with uh, the International League All-Star Nick Curran on the 7th highest rated sports talk show on Sundays during a highly competitive 10 to noon time slot. I uh, should have clocked Nick to see how uh, quickly he could have uh, gone pee. He's dressed like the individuals on the bikes. Uh, the Mormons with the uh, the white shirt, black pants. He just doesn't have a bike helmet on right now. He so. looks like he drops off. Uh, bottles of milk during the 1940s. He looks like the milk. You're man. saying he looks like a milkman. Yes. You know the joke about that is like when you go door to door, milkman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's some things. <laughs> uh, reminder, we got you covered. Wall-to-wall, play-by-play coming up tonight. Look, this is one of the things. I know Double D talks about this all the times, but it is very cool to say we have both the Louisville and Bellarmine games on uh, tonight on all uh, on ESPN 680 and 93.9. The Bill Louisville taking on Syracuse pregame. Alex White pregame begins at 5.30 p.m. on 93.9. The Bill, so you'll get an abbreviated drive with Mark Innocent. Biggest biscuit, Dave Skull. Then Bellarmine basketball taking on Stetson. Coach Mark Lieberman, he will be on the ESPN Plus call of that, but you can listen to Doug, uh, I'm John Spears and company on uh, starting at 6:15 on ESPN 680 105.7. And Ethan Moore has got you covered for the post game show, the Coors Light post game show coming up there. Should have clocked you, Nick, to see how quickly you could have gone. And oh, yeah, just as you do your Apollo Creed montage. I know how that goes when you just have. There's nothing worse than you have to pee and then the door's just locked. It's oh, and you, you're just going through this green tea too. So that's another. Yeah, I'm phase. just crushing this. Well, I don't know. I that's going to make you pee a lot. Yeah, I don't think I'm drinking it at an unhealthy level, but it's it's health like it's just it, it, it'll clean you out. It's cleaning me out, and I'm, I'm drinking like four cups a day, and I feel healthy energy. I don't feel jittery. Are, are you doing any nice. other cafe? Are you doing coffee still? Uh, I still am drinking. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really drinking coffee. Okay, because we're pretty much out of it. Well, we are out of it. Um, but uh, I have had a couple of DCs. Okay, I mixed so, in a couple of DCs. Those will sneaky. Uh, th- th- the green tea will sneak up on you in terms of like the caffeine, though. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. No, no, no. The first day I chugged a diet coke and then drank like basically chugged the thing of tea, and your boy was feeling a little jittery. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it feeling it sneaks a little up on jittery. You. As someone who's done the tea route uh, at local Panera sometimes when I'm knocking out some work, I'm just like, wow, that is super kicking me like Shawn Michaels in the face right now with the yeah, caffeine all of a sudden jolt. It's like, whoa, hey, how you doing? Uh, can we talk about real fast? Yes, please before, go. But like, I was just reading the promo sheet. I appreciate you filling space. Thank you. That's what I do uh, every Sunday. Took a healthy break there, and then the second I sat down, 
um, had to pee, so I appreciate that. Um, Biscuit, we were talking with Biscuit a little bit in the uh, in, in the commercial break. Tried a local barbecue establishment. Biscuit is sort of like my Portnoy. If Portnoy is to pizza, Biscuit to... Boy, Biscuit wants to be compared to the Portnoy, I'm sure. Just in terms of his, his BBQ acumen. Like, he's my consigliere when it comes to uh, barbecue. And this establishment, which I'm not going to mention because I'm not sure if you guys are hollering at, um, in, in the sales department, he was not impressed with. But we just got to talking a little bit. Um, and Tika Taco... Uh, might need to bring them on as a sponsor. Okay, well, good. We, like, you know free, we'll, we'll give them some free love. But we had them, and Tanner can back me up here. We had them on the podcast yesterday, tried them, an Indian Mexican fusion restaurant uh, at the artist formerly known as New Way Burritos, located oh, there. Oh, on, on Preston. Preston. Yeah, God. So they, they rebranded? No, no, no. New, new people, new ownership and everything. It's just in that old old location. Oh, okay. Look, I, that, that was a little hidden gem around this city. So I'm right. glad that's okay. Good. So, I'm, I'm always open to try some new places like that. Fantastic. It was very, very tasty. I got to be honest. So we, we got to talking about that um, in the commercial, and I completely forgot to pee. Well, um, been amongst some other things. That'll be in the tell all book. Uh, oh, as absolutely. I, absolutely. <laughs> but we did want to. Uh, I, I saw this on Twitter. Mark showed it to Ennis, or Mark Ennis showed it to that'd be something. Sorry, yeah, that, that'd be interesting. But do we have the Damon Stoudemire sound? Mighty Mouse. Night? Oh God, he what a what a fan favorite uh, when he was on the Toronto Raptors, I believe, with, with Marcus Camby. Now he's the head wow, coach of okay. Georgia Tech. Look, me. I feel like you have you have one of their jerseys. Uh, I had a Vince Carter one at one point, but never never Mighty Mouse. Fun fact: Marcus Camby went to my high school. Interesting. Really? Wow, that's a good see. Versus the good Ray we Lewis, want to know like yeah, the, yeah. The, the last week you did Ray Lewis like killed somebody and stuff like that. Hey, he was allegedly, the, allegedly, 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 allegedly. Yes, but thank you. He uh, he started out first two years. He went to Conrad High School, and apparently the story is that our coach didn't start him or like play him as much. So then he went to Hartford Public. Kills it, goes to UMass, and then the rest second overall pick. Yeah, so I'm trying to uh, think. So if memory serves, the infamous fight where was that Jeff Van Gundy gets in his way, and Marcus Camby just like nail. He was going after. I want to say Danny Ferry, if memory serves. But yeah, this is this is the cobwebs NBA on NBC. But okay, I'm looking it up. Uh, the New York, yeah, New York's Marcus Campy was suspended of five games and twenty. God, fine, twenty five thousand dollars by the NBA oh, that's, for um, that's nothing. That, yeah, I think, that's a slap I think on Mike, the wrist. Now. I think Mike Brown uh, put up his laptop asking what a foul was and got like no joke like a hundred thousand because of that. Right. And this guy like. I think Jeff Van Gundy had to get like he accidentally got punched by Marcus Camby after he was going after Danny Ferry. Which, uh, if you listen to the Jeff Teague uh, podcast and everything, he is not a fan of Danny Ferry. So maybe Marcus Camby and Jeff Teague are onto something. Oh, he headbutted his coach. I don't think he meant to. I think he was trying to go after Danny Ferry, and then Jeff Van Gundy got in the way to prevent said punch. You're a Knicks fan. This is like an iconic moment. Yeah, no, that's true. I'd- Sorry, yes, I know we're going to. This is this Sorry. is the flow chart where we go down. 90s NBA basketball. 2001. Oh, 2001. I thought it was the 90s, too, but it was 2001. Yeah, Makes sense that? with that. All right, uh, here's what Mighty Mouse had to say after the Georgia Tech loss, which uh, many of us have probably sounded like after recreational losses, too. Oh. I... I it's playing, but Boy. it didn't play. Boy, that, that was Tanner came in in our ear and was very confident. We have that sound and, and derailed us from talking about a fight from the early 2000s, only for the sound not to be there. I, Well-oiled it, machine. Uh, absolutely. You know, I don't think this one's on Tanner because that, that, that computer's been acting funky. 
and I think we have something uh, unplugged. So I should not have. Um, give me the ha ha wire. Yeah. If you know how to turn that up, yeah. okay. Yeah, give me a second. Ha-ha. Let me make sure everything else is on there. Damon Stoudemire. I got to find it. Who retweeted it? Give me a second. I stall. Fill some Dropbox. Well. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll true. go there. Actually, the Dropbox didn't just work. I, I can get in the Dropbox in here. Fill some space while I pull it up. Let's see here. A couple of texts. Four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text line. Uh, I don't look at the players as students today. I have no reservations regarding booing their performance. Midseason trades will be next. Be careful what you ask for. I don't think it'll get to that point. I think there'll be so, still some modicum of amateurism um, or uh, you know not not it being a full on professional. Um, sport, even though it basically is, but I do think I do think a salary cap or something along those lines is going to be the next thing um, that that will be uh, ushered in. I don't think we're quite to that point. We talked about this on the Gasbags podcast yesterday. Uh, I don't think we're at that point yet, um, but I do think that was probably going to be the. the the first thing they might implement um and maybe um minimum uh contracts for how long you could be at a at a certain school um to try to you know control the transfer portal a little bit um i don't think there's going to be salary caps for coaches or um i think i just i think that there's still going to be um, complete autonomy for for coaches in uh, in the college sphere. Um, so whether you agree with that or not, I just I, I feel like it's only going to be a player centric thing that some of the uh, shackles will be put on. But um, anyway, I think I have this up. And by the way, a texter saying lay off Danny Ferry, old time friend of mine from Maryland. I'm not late. I, I could care less about Danny Ferry. I'm just saying that Marcus no, no, Camby. He, he just happened yeah, to be just, in the fight with yeah, Marcus Camby, as well as Jeff Teague having fun. But I appreciate you listening as well. All right, here was what Mighty Mouse had to say after a loss. Uh, for the Georgia Tech uh, team last night. Hopefully this plays. If the haha machine's up, it sounded like this. All right, everyone. Uh, coach, if you would, just start us off with a quick statement and we'll go right to questions. Got that ass whooped. <laughs> questions. <laughs> Nothing really to say, man. We've all been there. That is one of the best starts to a press conference ever. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fired. No, look, I mean, Mighty Mouse, he's had some bright moments throughout the year with the UNC and Duke wins. But, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of got the shellacking last night. A little bit. A little bit of a shellacking um, at the hands of uh, Wake Forest last night, losing um, by just under 30. Um, tonight, UofL basketball in action with Syracuse. 5.30, our Alex R. White network coverage will begin over on 93.9 The Ville uh, with tip-off scheduled for 7 p.m. It'll be uh, Paul Rogers, Pops, on the call for that one. And then after network coverage wraps up, we will have uh, the Coors Light postgame show with our uh, Ethan Moore. Ethan Moore. Sorry, I just got a Venmo thing that like popped up and completely like distracted me. Were there. you supposed but to you, get it or are you, you nope. getting hacked? Okay, so that's... Nope, I have no idea what that was. All Hopefully right. I'm not getting hacked. So anyway. Well, um, I'm glad you brought up Ethan because did you hear their interview last night? I, I, I did not. We were recording the podcast. So I, okay. I, 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 I listened to a little bit of uh, Louisville Sports Live on my way home from the studio, but I had missed uh, the interview. Well, it, and I don't, before I dive into this, I know you said Pops is coming up at 2.30. What, what is something that you wanted to tease for the side of the break before I derail you even further? No, or, no, 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 nothing. I mean, this was an open segment. We were we were going to maybe do a V stakes. We had we want to know Wednesday facts from Gager. Uh, okay, you know, so this this is this is an open segment. Well, 
it's 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 funny because I texted Ethan. You know how like when somebody's like listening to a Twitter space, right? And you're like, oh, so and so's in there and whatnot. Well, Ethan was listening to one with Trilly Donovan. And this other new individual who's a part of coaching says that this guy sounds like somebody who was a general in the, uh, you know, the Confederacy. But Curry Hicks Sage, General Curry Hicks Sage, that, doesn't that sound like uh, he, that or really a president does. or a possible president of the 1800s? Uh, nonetheless, but the foremost unaffiliate expert on college basketball coaching searches. Hey, from Tanner's neck of the woods, rabbit, uh, uh, UMass hoops fan, most Twitter spaces and podcasts. But Troy Donovan and him hosted a Twitter space a couple days ago, and I saw Ethan listening, and Ethan doing what Ethan does got him on the show last night. And it was a good breakdown of just how everything comes to be with the the, the pros and cons of hiring search firms, um, what he's hearing. I know a lot of Louisville fans had some issues with some of the things that he said about Louisville being a top 20 or 25 job, maybe even top 30 job since everything's transpired. And although I disagree, this was the discussion that Jack and I had, and I think we even did on ESPN Louisville Plus, like and subscribe on there on YouTube. But it, it was funny because I, I'm concerned sometimes that Sometimes we're just in the fishbowl and we don't right, have right. we have our blinders on it. Like I still I don't want that to be con- misconstrued that I don't think Louisville is a top 10 job. I do. But I'm just saying for the other side of that coin, how others may view it from a national through a national right, lens. Right. And, There's a different prism. 100%, right. 100%. So it, it was an interesting conversation of just pros and cons of why they hire search firms. Uh, I, I'm still a little bit jaded from the last go around when all I heard is how much Bruce Pearl was interested in this job only to parlay it into a bigger deal. He spoke on some of those things. So I think this is what's so important about what Eric Crawford's tweet said and what we talked about, not this last uh, interview, but the one last week with uh, you, him and myself was Watch out for names that aren't being mentioned. Right, right. Because I think that they're parlaying this for, you know, contract extensions. And oh, there's, there's definitely they're leaking a game their being names. Here. If, like, you were talking to, I don't know, ESPN DC or 1057 in Baltimore or something right. like that, you probably wouldn't be openly talking about that or, or leaking that. So, right. And, unless, unless you were, like, trying to parlay it for. You know more money here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right. so I, I'm always curious, and it was a good deep dive into it. And not everybody's got to disagree with it. Taylor and Ethan said they didn't agree with everything the guy said on there, but it was good dialogue to see how things come to be. Because I think there's just like all these mysterious individuals through the search firms and, and donors and boosters doing that. And I appreciate. I think you said it with uh, Coach and, and CL. About like how I view it as none of these prearranged marriages. Right, you right, could right. have some healthy dialogue of who you want to be interested, but keep it close to the vest. Like I said this with Ennis yesterday. I think you were still on the, the board for that, or maybe Spencer uh, tagged you out for a little bit, which I was hoping you would be able to be on with Louis, so you could have done all the shows. That yeah, I know. I had to cover all yesterday. Uh, but it, it, it's funny. The very thing that Josh Hurd has been crushed about about not talking. Right, like right. he's talked with Eric Crawford, but it, it's it's interesting twice, to twice, me. twice, twice. But it's interesting to me. What was the very thing that used to drive Louisville fans crazy? Think about, think hard. It's not hard, but it, it it'll be like aha. So I, I don't want to you know the little nicks the spin for a yeah, while because say, it's gonna be like, obvious. Wait a minute, what? Remember when Matt Jones would always get loose? Okay, I was gonna say like I said this with with, uh, with with CL that I thought that when Kenny Payne came on board that this Kenny Payne I don't like using the term regime but you know what I mean this Kenny Payne tenure here 
that was one of the most stark comparisons that everything was very tight to the chest as opposed to being like the Iraqi Navy and being leaky and Matt Jones basically and having driving his finger people crazy. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting because those that are clamoring for Josh Hurd to talk more and look, I, I think I don't want to say everyone here has said, you know, by all accounts, they, they think Josh Hurd is doing a great job with all these things. I know many have their questions and think Tom Jurch is the only one that can save this and whatnot. I understand the hesitancy with that when Josh Hurd says or people say that the Brahms stuff fell on his lap. Okay, whatever. I, I think he should get credit for the way the Scott Satterfield stuff was handled and everything. But we'll, we'll do the Bobby V stuff. We'll grant you your argument and say, like, this next hire, the verdict's still out on what he's able to do with that. I'll, I'll right. agree with you on that. But this is the very thing you've wanted for so long. Nothing leaking. Nothing talking. Right. Nothing. Like, everybody knows a guy, but it, it's nothing, like, coming from Matt. It, it, and that was driving people crazy about how there were all these blue moles and everything and how it was on there. So I, I Ennis said it yesterday when I felt them out a couple of times. It's like, I think Josh, by the things that he doesn't say is very telling, too. Like he he says that right. his he, silence can he, be yeah, deafening. Yeah. But right. he, when he says he's not into, you know, moral victories, like, OK, that's telling you something. What else? It, I always ask people that since us on Sunday, it's like, what would you say? Right. Like, t- yeah. seriously, I'm open for suggestions. I'm not like being critical, but as a PR expert, and I've said that to the text slide for wanting, wanting him to say more, how would you phrase it in a tasteful, professional manner to where it's not you and your buddies at the bar or in your mom's and dad's basement? When that's kind of a shot of myself because I was at my uh, buddy's basement not too long ago. <laughs> but uh, like, I, I just kind of scratch my head at like when people want him to say more about this and people getting up in arms about the CL article. And I'm glad you had him on. But. But these are things that we've talked about for a long time of just saying, OK, after the Kentucky stuff, it really didn't matter what was going to happen the rest of it. But now they've got some wins. I think you're wishing and hoping versus anything sustainable or based on anything that there's going to be a winning streak. But the hypothetical and it's a healthy dialogue to have if they were to do this, it's based off nothing because you haven't seen it under the Kenny Payne regime. But it's interesting dialogue to have of what is how does Josh Hurd view that? But the, those that wanting him to come up and say more and, and do more, he's not happy with. It. He's told you as much. Right, right. I and I definitely agree that yeah, he's basically he said that. Well, I mean, the, the moral victory thing that leads to the question though that. Is there a path for Kenny Payne to get that third year? Because, yeah, moral victories aside, if they are able to go on a little bit of a streak here, and it is a a more favorable schedule, um, certainly don't think they're they're not making the tournament. Maybe they'll make the NIT through the the grace of God. But uh, is, is there a possibility that they get that third year? And I do also wonder if ever... I mean, a Carter Knox, if they're able to put some, put some splashes on the recruiting trail. I mean, we saw that save Scott Satterfield's oh, job. It's, I mean, it's healthy dialogue to have of what ifs. I, I, I'm in 100% agreement. I don't think it's going to happen because I think ultimately it's going to come down to this very stuff Eric Crawford talked about. I I disagree a little bit. I don't think it's Louisville's responsibility uh, for the downtown business. It, it plays, no, no, a, it plays I, a part. Yeah. You're talking to a guy who wants an NBA team here for this very reason, so it doesn't just all fall on Louisville. And yeah, I know people right, have. Right. That's a discussion for uh, middle of July with yours truly that we could have. But We talked about the numbers with the Troll Pub and everything right. like and, that. And, and, and it I, does matter. Like, right. it, 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 but There's other things at stake here, but I, I agree with you. I don't think they should solely be held. Yeah, and, and like, but, but that's... You know how... The pressure cooker of like 
that relying on 18 to 22 year olds of like being for the betterment of doubt. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't feel it just feels a little gross to me. But I understand it being a component on that in the fabric of the community of how many people and businesses are reliant on that. Uh, But I think ultimately it's going to come down to dollars and cents. We've talked about it in in years. Like you can give the flowers for the performance against Florida State and say what Tyler Johnson and Brandon Huntley Hadfield and Curtis Williams were able to do. You haven't seen, and that is a sign of growth. I don't know if it changes anything, but when Josh Hurd talks about positive or deposits, um, that is a positive deposits, and you are firmly trying to swim out of debt because there has been so many blemishes on there. But it is a favorable schedule at the end of the season. However, um, you're still going to have a losing record. Um, You're still not going to be in contingent in the NCAA tournament unless you win the whole damn thing in the conference tournament. Um, It's not likely. So that's going to be the discussion that Josh Hurd and the board of trustees and the president are going to have. Okay, Kenny Payne, minus the Cron Davis stuff, really hasn't done anything to put the university in a negative light off the court. The play on the court has been, and you could argue the way that, it's always funny to be, it's like apparently everybody uh, wants Karan Davis back, but... but that ooh, what, what is this right now? Oh, hey James, how are you? He's going to get on the table. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I thought, thought we were doing a we want to know Wednesday or something like that. But I, I think it's 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 fascinating to me just sorry, to buddy. see the overall uh, talking points and the backlash that potentially happened with um, Josh Hurd's hypothetical of you know should he move on or not? You're not going to get anything until the end of the season, and I think that was the point of CL's article. And I know it was behind right. a paywall, so I don't think everyone was able to to read that. They just saw the headline right in, in right. the tweet, and that upset a lot of people. There, yeah, and and I, but I feel like uh, at some point you have to think, what's the point of them firing somebody now? I feel like, I, I oh, the time's passed, and, the, and I yeah, think, the, like, d- does anybody realistically think? I know that there's the ardent KP haters that like anything would be better than this, but I, I think that you also have to look towards, you know, if that's the path they go, you have to handle this situation with some tact and grace. And especially when there doesn't seem to be any, it's not like Jay Wright just said, you know what? I just want to coach a team, you know. I, and there's well, no, but you shouldn't seemingly... be held. You shouldn't be held hostage based off if you don't think someone's working because you don't think anyone else is out. There. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there doesn't seem to be a major positive to like right. the juice might not be worth the squeeze right now. No, no, I'm no. Saying. I mean, it would have been like, like everyone says they would have been after the Kentucky game right, because that, of the break and whatnot. But you heard the players that said it. Sky, Sky Clark, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, how glowing they spoke of Kenny Payne still but I think the problem is what comes across is and, and this is what drives a lot of fans crazy not the case against Florida State but the overall big picture of what the state of the basketball program is is that it seems like the fans care more than the students or the, the players and the coaching staff and I think that is been a common theme on LSL and the Coors Light post game show. And, and look, you don't want to play play body language expert on that and hypotheticals, but right. that's kind of we talked about it last year. And I know you don't want to bring up the four and twenty eight stuff over and over again, but when guys weren't getting back on defense and, and kind of the right, lapses right. there, the effort defensively wasn't. against Florida State was still not good. No. Like it, it just it was not. They good. dropped ninety two points on you, but. Like. If you're looking and gleaning and trying to grasp for positive things from that, what Tyler Johnson's never been done before in Louisville basketball history. 
Like, let that marinate for a second. Like that's, Yeah, there's, you, there's you, been some good talent that's come through these It's parts. okay to feel good about that, but big picture, say, okay, this still isn't where the program needs to be, and that is why um, it feels like it's trending in that direction. I'm not as confident as some of the other guys that are just speaking in, in absolutes about it, because I've just, like you said with the Scott Satterfield stuff, I, I've just been burned too many times of like... Am I guilty of just regurgitating things that I hear around the office and we're in this fishbowl and craziness happens in March, man. Like even for bad teams, like when uh, was it at Georgia Tech got hot and won, you know, the tournament, like things right. crazy. I do not foresee any of that happening, but that is the beauty of the sport is that craziness can. Yeah, you got to let it play out and everything like that. Sorry, Aaron Dolan was on the screen. I got a little distracted. What's she for a second. He she was uh, talking about ESPN bet. Um, I just the effort I feel like this season at least has been better and i feel like the vitriol and anger of the fans was so loud i almost wonder if there was a level of effort that could match that um with with the on-court production i mean unless it was just simply wins and losses and i'm not saying i'm not arguing that the fans were wrong to feel that way i mean i was i was very surprised that they were struggling as mightily as they were this year um being you know a I don't want to say Kenny Payne apologist, but being in the pro second year, let's see what let's let the cake bake, see what type of thing happens. But I just I, I do feel like that, that when you look at when you're looking at positives and I'm not saying that any of these are enough to warrant a third year. I'm just saying that I feel like the vitriol of some of the fans, there's no there's no level of effort that could match the passion of the people that were upset. Well, and you're gauging it off and, the Rick Bettino stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. even with the pack line stuff, like, you, you, although it was an adjustment with Chris Mack to try to get there, you still could base it off like they were number one at one point. This, it, it just seems like, I, I go back to this, and I know we need to get to a break, but like, the no sense of urgency. Like, if you got what you got against Florida State, although the defense was still horrid at the end of the game, took an eternity in the 80 free oh, But they were out there running. Well, the, right. Yeah. Like Tyler was going out there and just slicing things up. Like people will work with that. If you had right. Syracuse's record at 14 and eight, it wouldn't be the standard. But if it showed that you were building to something, double digit wins and you weren't sitting at, you know, seven and 15 and only two conference wins, like people would getting work with you by 15 plus. Yeah, people yeah. would work with you on, OK, he's getting there. But the problem is, is the overall sample size that you've had. It's not even a sample size anymore like you, you you're just throwing no, in the it, crock pot and it's the norm of like this is how you have one in two third seasons this is where it's at so I, I i'm i can empathize with the the injury bug that does play a role i know people no. don't want to hear that but it's we said that a, a factor not an excuse yes but they would they had the full roster this was it was you know, still, still that but and it the wasn't season, the season has progressed though and it looks like they are playing better i know we need to go to break he's about to put us in a suplex uh, if we don't go to break soon and i know that's troublesome so yeah we'll take a quick bottom of the hour break hopefully we can get pops to join us preview tonight's matchup with syracuse and talk a little bit about if this will be the first conference winning streak in the kenny payne tenure here at uh, louisville or if it will just be another letdown game after a nice win so we will talk to pops about that on the other side reminder alex r white network coverage of uofl and syracuse begins at 5 30 over on 93 9 the ville tip off scheduled for 7 p.m and then after the network post or uh, the network post game show we will have the Coors Light post game show with our man ethan moore a uh, little bit of bonus coverage there so uh we got sound coming through i guess uh 
I don't think that's supposed to happen. We're going to try. <laughs> unfortunately, network like a programming note. I don't think we're going to be able to do a V stakes today because we're having issues with the computer. I can so, play it off my computer, maybe. Maybe we might be able to figure it out. But just a reminder: go to uh, Big League Haircuts, two area locations, five o Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, five dollars off a haircut ticket of two or more. Bring the whole family and uh, play hard and look good at Big League Haircuts. All right, we'll take a bottom of the hour break. Pops, hopefully, will join us from Syracuse. We'll see if he got some dinosaur barbecue and he'll preview tonight's matchup of the cards and orange you're listening to the v show here on espn 680 105.7 taking care of your family isn't always easy so we make sure getting care when you need it is with baptist health urgent and virtual care we bring you more options and greater convenience too with video visits available 24 7 and online check-in through my chart for in-person visits to check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. It's Bob Valvano and you're listening to ESPN 680 and 105.7. Be a part of the show. Text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-9680. The show rolls along here on a We Want to Know Wednesday, ESPN 680-1057. The fabulous one, Phil Baker, in studio with me, Nick Valvano here, uh, filling in for uh, Pops. But Pops making a little bit of time for us, uh, joining from Syracuse. Pops, how are you? Well, it's it's we want a Wednesday, and I, I have I have goodies for you. I have things. Oh, okay, all right. We're listening. What do you got? Well, first of all, I walked in this hotel, and I was like, I recognize this place. And and long story made short, I asked the guy behind the counter, and uh, he said it used to be. We're at the Marriott, Syracuse downtown, and I said. It, it looks old. I mean, it's nice. It's renovated, but you can tell it's an old building. And I said, did this used to be something else? He said, yeah. It was called the Hotel Syracuse. I said, I knew it. You, when you were just one of, an egg way back in the line, way back, I mean, you were way back in the line, uh, your mother and I stayed here right after we got married, 1980, believe it or not. We were here because they used to do a thing called the Empire State Games, and uh, they had a high school division, and it was like the Olympics for New York State. They had all different sports, track and field, basketball, whatever. So we came to see the high school players as you know, recruiting. I was recruiting, and um, your mom came with me, and um, and we stayed at this hotel, and it's still here and very nice. But here's the that's that's a minor we want to know. But here's a good one. If you come to a very old hotel, you might notice that in the middle of your door there is what appears to be another door. And I never knew what that was for. And I found out that in the old hotels, you know, remember, if you ever watch old movies, you'll see the guy like he leaves his room key at the front desk, you know, or there's only like there were old keys for the rooms. I mean, you had keys to open your door. And if nobody had the key, they, they you know, was difficult for them to get in. So what you would do is there was basically a door within the door. And it had a little switch on it, and you would set it for uh, if you wanted service. It said the little sign said service or not, and then the the maid, the help, the cleaner, whoever it was, could use the middle door because they had a key to that door, but not the key to your room door. 
So that was a way for them to service your room. It was, it was kind of like the sign on your door that said, do not disturb or service, please. So they, they kept all the old doors on these rooms, which is very cool. The, the middle part doesn't work anymore. It's just for show. But say, yeah, can you uh, take a photo of this? Because I want to see what this looks like, if you don't Very mind. cool. Very, very cool. It's a cool hotel. Every, and downtown Syracuse has come miles. Man, oh, man, there's a lot of stuff going on around here. So, um, so that's pretty cool. That's the first one. Here's the second one, because, you know, I, I put myself to sleep with uh, old baseball games. I was listening to a game from 1968. And the Detroit Tigers, hope you're listening, John Salzman, uh, they won the World Series that year. They set a franchise record for wins. But here's a stat that blows my mind that I literally, I think you probably go the rest of your life and never see happen again. More likely, Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak gets broken than this one does. The Detroit Tigers, if I said Lions, I meant Tigers. Detroit Tigers finished their season not not the very last games, but very close. It was like the last week of the season. They had their pitchers. They went uh, nine whole games without using one relief pitcher. <laughs> wow! So nine complete games in a row. Wow! In a row. I mean, there are teams that don't have nine complete games in a, in a season now. They went. They went like more than two weeks without using a relief pitcher. <laughs> okay, that's incredible. I wonder what the odds that of is, that happening are. I mean, we talked about well, the never, odds, never, you know, with our sandwich situation. I, I I know we should never say never, but that ain't happening again. So that's my we want to know Wednesday. So I'm bringing you some some delightful factoid from the great uh, frozen north here. Well, that's that's really impressive. I, I enjoy it. I got a question for you though before we get into hoops. Did you go to okay. Dinosaur Barbecue? I I looked it up on the website and. Um, they, you know, they have they provide dinner for us when we come here, and it was a nice dinner down. And uh, I would I was not walkable yet. I would have taken Uber there, and so I just went down and ate. And they had a nice dinner for us. And you know, they, you know, Division One basketball players get treated very well, so we had a wonderful dinner. So no, I did not. But I did look it up. Looks like an interesting little place. So, uh, but I did not go. So you know, there's a bunch of them. It's not just here. There, there are a lot of them. Oh, I didn't but, know that. Uh, That's a, yeah. another we want to know Wednesday. I thought it was just yeah, a one not, location. It's not a chain? Wow, okay. I didn't know that either. Dinosaur barbecues yeah. a chain? Well, it's not a lot. I mean, it's not like a chain like, you know, Texas Roadhouse where there are hundreds and they're in different countries. I think it's like seven of them or something. Hmm. So, but there's uh, but there's more than one. But, uh, yeah, it looks nice. It's about a couple of miles from here. I went ahead and get an Uber. I wasn't going to too cold to walk it. And so... Um, I just decided to eat downstairs. But I did look it up. Looks interesting. Yeah, Brooklyn, New York, Rochester, New York, Harlem, New York, Syracuse, New York. Oh, they got locations. No, no, they got we got they want you give them money, they'll give you a barbecue. That's how it works. Well, let's see here. Buffalo. So is it called like a here's a pterodactyl uh rib or something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something like that. Like a brontosaurus burger. A stegosaurus like they do. Uh, a stegosaurus thigh. brisket, yeah. They have Dino sliders. I've seen that. That's on their menu. That that actually looked interesting. I don't know what makes them different than other. And they also, I believe, they make their Dino, Dino, however you pronounce it, barbecue sauce available in various grocery stores. Oh, okay. Hmm. They got lo- yeah. locations in Troy, Syracuse, Rochester, Harlem, Brooklyn, and Buffalo. So there you go. Yep. So six locations. So so we are bringing all sorts of information to the program tonight, this afternoon. Well, that's fantastic. Pops joining us from uh, Syracuse tonight. 
Five thirty, uh, Alex R. White network coverage begins of the Cards in Syracuse over on ninety three nine. The Ville with tips scheduled for seven p.m. Uh, Pops, I mean, just going right into it. Is this a game that you believe will be the first conference winning streak of Kenny Payne's tenure here, or is it just going to be another letdown after a rather emphatic win? It's very, very difficult to gauge what's going to happen with Louisville, and the Syracuse team is kind of in the exact same boat. They have been all over the map. You know, they they beat this. They they lost to Florida State. Um, you know, that's their own, but they're only that's their only home loss. They're ten and one at home. So when they play at home, they've been very good. But then the Florida State team, who Louisville beat, beat them here. So um, you know, I don't know what to make of that. They just dismissed Benny Williams from the team. They're already very thin up front. Um, he he was in any. I, but you know, I bring that up because you never know how teams are going to react. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Evidently, he was a big distraction. He was he was constantly on the outs with the with the coach and. Um, there's all sorts of pictures they turned into memes of him being disgusted on the bench, and uh, so so they finally dismissed him. He was suspended earlier. They they uh, dismissed him out right now. So I don't know. Maybe that winds up being um, you know a step a positive step for them. They've had almost the exact same problems Louisville had. They get off to terrible starts in games. Um, they don't defend very well. Just like Louisville has been a very poor defensive team, but. They have the ability to score, and they have you know some individual talent that's impressive. Judah Mintz is, you know, it's a guy that might very well play in the league. He's he's that good. He's averaging 18 points a game. He's got a hundred. And, and the other thing they do, which is dangerous in my way of thinking for this game, is while they do not play very good defense, they do carry over from. They don't play zone anymore, by the way. Like when Beheim was here, I, I, I thought they played it a little bit, and then they just well, kind of yeah, a little. Little, but I mean, Beheim, you know, was almost exclusively zone. They they'll, they'll mix in a possession or two, maybe a little bit more than than Kenny does, but not a whole lot. I mean, they they don't play a lot of it. But what they do is, and even in the days when um, you know Beheim was here, they always got a, a bunch of steals, which was always interesting to me. Even though they they impressed, they just got back and they played two three zone, but they played it in such a way. They had very long players, and they took the back. As I said, it almost was like a 2-2-1 more than a 2-3. The back men were up so high, and then if the ball went deeper than they did in the corner, they trapped you, and they got a lot of steals. Now, they have a lot of these. Some of these guys are back from last year, so even though they don't play zone anymore, their instinct is still to play passing lanes, and they get a bunch of steals. I mean, they average, I think it's 10 steals a game. They're averaging just under 10 steals a game. Um, That's a lot of... Easy baskets if they're, you know, steals, live ball turnovers. Those are, that's gold, man, for a defensive, uh, anybody who's coaching defense. That's, you love turnovers, but if it's a travel, if they throw it out of bounds, it's nice. You keep them from scoring, but you have to run your offense against a set defense. You get these, these, um, live ball turnovers and they turn into easy shots at the other end and they love to run. That's still a tradition. They used to like to run under Bayheim. They like to run now. So, and Louisville's had some turnover issues, so if they turn it over, it'll be a long night. But it's it's almost unbelievable when you look at Syracuse statistically. They are just about as meh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know else to put it, as you can be. They score 75 points a game, they give up 74. They shoot 44.2% from the field. Their opponents shoot 44.1% from the field. They have a 3-2-3 three-point field goal percentage. Guess what their opponents shoot? 3-2-3, three, three, exactly wow. the same. 
Yeah, they they uh, get out rebounded by two and a half a game, but they make up for it because they create two and a half more turnovers per game than their opponents. So I mean, it's just the only thing that's really discernible. Like I said, that's really different is they um, create steals at a very high rate. I mean, the opponents only get about six. They get just under ten. If they could turn those into easy baskets, that could uh, be the difference. And they also get to the free throw line a lot, just like Louisville. They make 14 free throws a game. Their opponents only make 11. So that's that's what they hang their hat on, is they get to the line and they steal the ball. And if Louisville can keep from fouling them and and not turn the ball over, they should be able to compete with them. But like I said, they've been uh, kind of all over the map. I mean, they beat LSU by 23 early in the year. Um, You know, they they beat Georgetown by 12. That's not saying much this year. But they beat Oregon by 20. I mean, you know, it's just they beat Pitt by 8. Um, they beat Boston College uh, uh, at, at home by 10 and then lost to them at Boston College by 5. And then their last game was a record-setting loss. They just they got swamped by Wake Forest, 99-70. And guess what? They didn't defend the three well. Where have we heard that before? So, you know, they, they it's, it's like a carbon cop. And they're not going to be very big up front now. With Williams gone, they're thin up front. Who else is thin up front? Oh, yeah, Louisville. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's so... Similar now, uh, it's I don't know who knows. So I don't know what you got. Yeah, first of all, you never know what you're going to get out of Louisville, and frankly, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Syracuse team. Other than usually they're pretty good at home, that makes it tough. Pops joining us from Syracuse. You talk about uh, up front, however. I mean, it seems like I mean I, I've got to pull this up, but I know that Syracuse, uh, they're th- like you said, they are thin up front. Losing Benny Williams isn't helping matters uh, as they've dealt with injuries, and they're kind of doing it by committee with Naheem McLeod doing most of the heavy lifting. But it seems like I mean Brandon Huntley Hatfield. I mean, averaging, I think, 15 points in, in just about eight boards the past uh, five games. Um, I, you got to think that that might be, although both teams are thin, that might be a position matchup for the cards. Is he going to have to carry the weight of uh, Louisville's offensive presence tonight, or is this going to be uh, a game where maybe Tyler Johnson takes over again? I don't know if anybody's going to take over, but, I mean, they're two leading scorers that are perimeter guys in Judah Mintz and, and J.J. Starling. Starling, and they're both meh. I mean, I, I, I don't mean that as an insult. I wish there were another word. Because they're both, I mean, meh, uh, Judah Mintz may go play in the NBA, but I'm talking about statistically. They're not bad three-point shooters. They're not great three-point shooters, either one of them. They both shoot around 33%, which is fine. It's okay. Um, but those are the two leading scores, so I don't know that it's going to be an inside game. But more than um, uh, uh, McLeod is um, Malik Brown is the guy that's been getting it done inside for them. That's the guy that you really have got to look out for. He's he's averaging just under 10 points, and he um, averages about seven rebounds a game. And he's had some really strong games around the basket. So if you know somebody gets in foul trouble, that's going to be a factor. But uh, um, no, I, I would. I mean, certainly, it's great if if Huntley Hatfield can keep playing at the level he's playing. I mean, he's been phenomenal at, at times. And last game, I mean, that that was just a show that they put on him and uh, and Tyler. Uh, but I don't. You know, I'm not saying they can't or they won't. I'm just saying 
that's what this year has shown us with this team. I mean, you get you get Trey who goes for almost thirty and then doesn't score, and then you get you know Huntley Hatfield has a, a great game after, and he's had he's been good a lot more than he's been not. So let's give him credit. But he's had some games where he's kind of not been there, and and Tyler is is a freshman. It looks like a freshman at times. So I just I don't want to make. I'm not trying to take anything away from what they did Saturday. It was terrific, but um, you know they've got to show they can do it on more than one occasion and against a different style because, I mean, on the one hand, Syracuse will get after you. They're going to try and steal the ball, and if Louisville cannot turn it over, maybe they can create some of the same scoring chances they did against Florida State because that was, as Paul Rogers pointed out, that was, you know, a good matchup for them because Florida State is just going to run guys over the boards like a hockey team and attack you for three minutes, take those guys out, run the next unit out. They're going to do the same thing. And if you can go buy them on occasion, you can get good shots. And Louisville did that. Now we'll see if they can do that tonight, especially on the road. This is, you know, an unusual place to play. Even if even if you have been here before, it's an unusual place. But if you haven't, really an unusual place. And there's gonna be a whole bunch of people that are going to come in here for the first time. So um we'll see. We'll see how they react. A major topic um that's been talked about today, the last like twenty four hours really, CL Brown wrote a piece um, talking about how and not not uh, campaigning for or against it in any way, but just saying that Kenny Payne should be measured by an entire the entire season, um, good or bad. Um, in no, this, I mean, I've said that all along. I mean, it's 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 like you know, it's like giving a kid a final exam a third of the way through the semester, and you know, and, and, and you could say as a teacher. Boy, I don't think Nick really follows what's going on here. Uh, He's been, you know, in the quizzes he's done terribly. And, uh, you know, he's not shown me that he's really grasping what we're doing. But 75% of the grade is the final exam. I'm going to grade him on that. And that's how you should grade. So, yeah, I I know the the, the question is, and that's what makes it, you know, awkward, is that there are people, as you know, I'm sure you're getting texts from them that don't want anybody to get excited about Saturday. They're nervous. That would mean, oh, my God, maybe, maybe then he's not going to, you know, we're not going to make a coaching change. So that's that's un- unfortunate because uh, not that, you know, everybody's got to join hands and sing Kumbaya, but it, it, it skews the fact that you're assuming that they're going to be no better by the end of the year. And I'm not predicting they are or they aren't. I don't know. I, I just got through telling you, this team is maddening in how they go up, down, sideways, left, right. You know, so I don't know. But he's right that the only way you can – I mean, they don't give championships out halfway through the season and then play the rest of the year. They, you, they give them out at the end of the year. So, you, yes, you got to wait and see how the thing uh, plays out. I mean, that's that's only common sense, really. But I know it, it angers some people because they are so determined that there will be a coaching change. They don't want to even consider the possibility that they, they could be better. And that's really, you know, you can root for what you want. I'm not here to tell you to root for or against anything, but I'm just here to tell you that the right way to do it, the responsible way, is to take the whole body of work of the year. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what you should do. Well, I mean, of the remaining games, um, I believe seven of uh, the eight remaining games, um, or uh, eight of the the, the um, eight, uh, nine remaining games, I believe the only team th- that is in the top half of the ACC is the Duke game on the 28th. Um, if Kenny Payne were to, just throwing out a magic number, if you were able to win five of those nine games, like, how much do you think, if anything, that does to warrant him a third year? That's been a major ta- talking point today. 
I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's like the Women's Golf Hall of Fame where you just make a, a criteria and say if you hit this number, you know, you're you're in. That's how the Women's Golf Hall of Fame works. So people don't know. I forget what the numbers are. You got to win ten events and and a major or something. Something like, like that. Events. Yeah, I think that's yeah, it. So, so, but but the fact is, I don't think that makes sense for anybody, and certainly here because. Um, you have to see how the teams are they beat. I mean, maybe they've just completely, all those teams have gone on a crapper. If they beat, you know, these teams and, and they, the, the teams they've beaten have all finished the season, you know, two and ten or something. I'm not sure what that, what that really means. And, and you got to gauge how your team has played. And you got to gauge have the people responded. Are there, is the attendance picked up? Is, 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 you know, the, the businesses around the area that you're really partners with, have they seen an uptick? Well, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. the band just the band just doesn't give a damn, do they? They nope. just start playing whatever the hell they want. Nope, Tanner just ki- kicking us right off the air. We'll have a good call I mean, tonight, pops, with Paul. We appreciate the time, Dad. Love you. Hunger just doesn't care. <laughs> the roundtable next. Happy birthday, Chris Rock.